I love missions, and nothing will ever change that. Today was supposed to be uh, the beginning of our Global Impact Week. Because of our present situation, we've decided to postpone Global Impact to later in the year because we want to be able to do it right. We want to be able to do it justice. We want to be able to do it with excellence. Although we are postponing Global Impact Week, I still want to talk to you today about missions. See, in the midst of all the chaos, we want to keep things as normal as possible. There's a lot going on in our world right now, and everyone is being affected by it, even our missionaries and missions endeavors. I want to remind you of a statement that I make quite often around here, and that is a church with an inward focus is out of focus. I'm constantly telling you that our church is much, much bigger than what you see on Sunday morning. It's much, much bigger than what you see within the four walls of our building. And this has never been truer than it is right this minute. Because the fact of the matter is, right this moment, our church is meeting outside of these four walls. But the good news is, and that is, that our building does not contain our church. Well, I need to remind you also that, that right this very minute, there are still 138 missionaries that are depending upon a monthly check from the Grace Place. Yeah, you heard me right. We support 138 missionaries every single month. Let me also remind you that there's still a host of ministry endeavors that cannot happen without our financial support. See, we have not been called to just have church, but we have been called to be the church. And I, I think there's never been a day when that was more real and more true than it is today. See, just having church makes us inward focused. Being the church makes us outward focused. Let me remind us one more time, I say it quite frequently, if God can get it through us, he will get it to us. Oh, let us continue to be a river and never turn into a reservoir. I love missions. I think it quite interesting that the very last thing that Jesus said to his people before ascending back into heaven was to give them a missions mandate. Of all of the things that Jesus could have said, of all of the things that Jesus could have reminded them of, he chose a mandate for missions. Let's read it. Mark chapter 16, verse 15 and 16. Jesus said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Surely the last thing a person chooses to say would be to say what was number one in their heart. Surely they would speak of their number one priority, and that's exactly what Jesus did. I love missions. Let me share with you three reasons why I love missions. First of all, I love missions 
Because through missions, I'm doing something selfless. Here's the thing. We are a me-centered society. We are all about I, me, and my. I hate to admit it, but I'm pretty selfish. And if you would be totally honest, so are you. I'm glad there's no one here right now to throw something at me. 2 Timothy chapter 3, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5 says, But know this, that in the last days, perilous, that word perilous means difficult, it means dangerous. Know this, that in the last days, perilous or difficult or dangerous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasures rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. The reason why some people bought a year's worth of toilet paper, the reason why some people stockpiled food recently is because because they didn't want to be inconvenienced. They wanted to make sure that they had everything they needed, to make sure they had everything that they wanted. They want to make sure that they had what they would need to last them for a long time. But no was given to the fact that their stockpiling would cause a shortage, which would mean that while they had an excess, others would have none. Why do I love missions? I love missions because, because through missions, I'm doing something selfless. Through missions, I, I'm taking my eyes off of myself, uh, oh, off of my needs and off of my desires and off of my wants, and I'm placing them on others. Not only are we a me-centered society, but we don't know how to properly measure true value. Jesus said in Luke 12 and 15, he said, Life is not measured by how much you own. People measure their net worth by, by adding up all of their financial assets. But I say this morning that financial assets are just one piece of the puzzle. How valuable are financial assets when your life is falling apart? Jesus said that life is not measured by how much you own. True value, true wealth is in the intangibles. Oh, they are so valuable that that you can't even place a price tag on them. Things like peace and joy. Things like faith and trust. Things like security that only comes through the Lord Jesus Christ. Things like purpose and fulfillment. Things like hope and assurance. Things like a loving family. These and many, many more. Intangibles, intangibles, but all so valuable. I love missions. Why? Why? Because I'm doing something selfless. 
Why do I love missions? Well, I love missions because, because I'm doing something satisfying. Yes, through missions I'm doing something satisfying. Here's what I know this morning. That is doing something selfless equals doing something satisfying. Yeah, there's absolutely nothing more satisfying than to do something for someone that can't do anything for Oh, to provide a service or to meet a need or relieve somebody's stress. Oh, that they absolutely have no way of doing for themselves. Oh, I understand stacking up stuff for ourselves feels good for the moment. But oh, to take some of our stack And give it to someone who not only doesn't have a stack. No, they are deep in a hole without any possibility of getting out. But to relieve someone's burdens. Oh, what satisfaction it brings. I love missions. Why? Because I'm doing something satisfying. Let me suggest this this morning. Through missions, through missions we are providing hope for the hopeless. I've been there. I've seen it, the hopelessness that prevails in most of the world. Statistics tell us that 80% of our world lives on less than $10 a day. Nearly 50% of our world lives on less than $2.50 a day. A day, less than a regular cup of coffee costs at Starbucks. Through missions, we get to provide hope for the hopeless. I love what Proverbs 13 and 12 says, and especially the way it is rendered in the Message Bible. It says this it says, Unrelenting disappointment leaves you heartsick, but a sudden good break can turn life. Around. Don't you just love that? Oh, for literally millions of people around our world, missions offers them a sudden good break. They've never had any kind of a break in their life, but somehow through missions or a missionary or a missions endeavor, all of a sudden they receive a break in their life. Romans 15 and 13 says, Now may the God of hope, Oh, don't you love that? The God of hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Missions provides us a way to provide hope to the hopeless. And I want to tell you this morning that the provider of hope is Jesus talking about missions this morning, but maybe, maybe you are watching today. Maybe you're watching today and you need hope. Hope for protection. Hope for provision. Hope for peace of mind. Oh, hear this preacher of truth today. Listen to me this morning. Your hope is not in the government. Your hope is not even in a vaccine. Your hope is not in your possessions. I'm telling you this morning that your only hope is in Jesus. Jesus is our hope. Oh, I love Hebrews 6, verse 18 and 19. It says, go to Jesus for refuge. (laughs) 
Writer of Hebrews, what's going to happen if I go to Jesus for refuge? Thank you for answering. It says, go to Jesus for refuge and find great confidence. Maybe you don't have a lot of confidence today with all that is happening and all that is going on in our world today. You have lost your confidence. Let me help you this morning. Go to Jesus. Oh, Hebrews 6, verse 18 and 19. Go to Jesus for refuge and find great confidence. Hold on to this hope, which is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our Our hope in Jesus is an anchor for our souls. An anchor keeps the boat steady. Oh, an anchor keeps it from drifting. I'm telling you this morning that Jesus and our hope in Jesus is the anchor today. In the midst of the storm that is raging around us today, our hope is in Jesus. And if we put our hope in Jesus, he will anchor us. Oh, he will secure us. He will steady us. He will keep us in the midst of the storm. Not only does missions provide us an opportunity, an opportunity to provide hope to the hopeless, but also through missions we are, we are providing help to the helpless. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 20, verse 1 and 2, In times of trouble, may the Lord answer your cry. May he send you help from the sanctuary. I'm telling you this morning, there is help coming from the sanctuary. Here's what I know, and that is God works through people. God works through people. We are his hands, and we are his feet. Yes, God is the source, but we are the conduit. He sends help from the sanctuary. But let me tell you this morning, he sends help from the sanctuary by sending us. Oh, friends, because of the efforts of the grace place, millions of the helpless have been helped. People that have never had clean, healthy water, who for decades have grown sick and some have even died because of the nasty, unhealthy water that they have been forced to drink. But now, now they are drinking, oh, they are drinking from a cool, clean, refreshing well of water. Children who once were starving have been fed nourishing food. People who have never heard an adequate presentation of the gospel have heard, they have believed, and they are now saved and now on their way to heaven. Pastors all around the globe who have never ever had a Bible in their native language. Now they have a Bible. But not only do they have a Bible in their own native language, but that Bible that they have is filled with accurate theological commentary. Oh, they're able to study. They're able to actually present true biblical doctrine and a wonderful message. Oh, the list could go on and on and on and on, providing help to the helpless, oh, hear me, hear me, Grace Place. We have done this. I love missions. I love missions. Why? Because through missions, I'm doing something satisfying. 
Uh, we are caring people, caring for people, but hear me, not just inside our four walls. And the truth is we can't even get inside our four walls momentarily. But let me tell you, that's not all bad. That's not all bad. The virus is bad, but Romans 8 and 28 says that God uses everything. Some things, a few things, just the good things. No, Romans 8 and 28 says that God uses everything that happens to us. He uses it all. I see it often, the good, the bad, and the ugly. He uses it all to work together for our good and his glory. Yeah, God can even use the coronavirus. He can use it to get the church to go outside of its four walls. To not only do church, but actually to become the church. I want to challenge each one of you this morning that is listening to me. Oh, oh, I want to challenge all of us today, not only to give to missions, but also to do missions. I love what Pastor Barnett has always said. He says, find a need and fill it. Find a hurt and heal it. There's something that I can do. There's something you can do. There's something that we can all do. The harvest is ripe and ready for harvest. There are needs all around us, and God can use us to take care of the need of others. Why do I love missions? Because missions allows me to do something satisfying. Let me say it again. Doing something selfless equals doing something satisfying. Let me give you one more reason why I love missions. I love missions because through missions, I'm doing something significant. Now, you may or may not feel that your everyday life is producing anything significant. Oh, listen, there's probably more significance being accomplished through your life than you are aware of. If you're a godly mate, if you're a godly parent, if you are pouring into the life of your mate or the life of your, of your child, listen, you are doing something significant. But here's what I know for sure, and that is through missions. Through missions and through our contribution to it, together, together we are doing something significant. Let me suggest two things that we are doing. First of all, we are changing people's earthly dilemmas. In 1 John 3, verse 17 and 18, the word says, if someone has enough money to live well, and they see someone that has a need, but they show no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? He goes on to say, don't merely say you love people, prove it through your actions. And verse number 19 says, our actions will prove whether or not we belong to Christ. Through missions, the grace place is changing people's earthly dilemmas. But even more important, through missions, we are changing people's eternal destiny. It seems I can't preach about missions without reading Romans chapter 10, verse 13 through 15. So I've got to turn there and I've got to read it again this morning. 
Paul writes, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Oh, isn't that an awesome, awesome promise. Verse 14 kind of turns the corner a little bit, and Paul writes, he says, but how then shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? And how shall they believe in him in who, of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Here's what I know, and that is there will be millions of people. Yes, you heard me. There will be millions of people that will be in heaven. Oh, that wouldn't be there if not for the mission's investment of the grace place over the last several years. Why do I love missions? Because through missions we are doing something significant. We are changing people's earthly dilemmas and their eternal destiny. The takeaway for the message today is this God's job was to provide a Savior. And oh, I'm so grateful today to be able to tell you that God did his job when he sent his one and his only son, Jesus Christ. God's job was to provide a Savior. Our job is to present him to the world. Jesus said, go into all the world. And preach the gospel to every creature. That's our responsibility. That's our job. God has done his job. Are we going to do our job? Oh, I believe at the Grace Place we've been doing an incredible, incredible job of this the past several years. Oh, oh, my challenge to all of us this morning, and that is this, let's not stop now. Well, if we were able to have our full global impact week, we would, we, would in, we would conclude it next week by taking faith promises for the coming year. Since we are postponing our global impact week to later in the year, for now, I'm going to ask you to do the very, very best that you can to continue doing what you are presently doing for missions. Oh, this is not an hour. This is not a day to cut our missions budget. These missionaries and these missions endeavors and efforts still have the same needs they've always had. Maybe you're one that you don't make a monthly commitment to missions at the Grace Place, but, but every year you make a, a one-time uh, gift to missions. If that's you, I want to encourage you, would you, would you consider a one-time gift to missions Today, to help us continue spreading the gospel around the world. Well, because missions is God's heart, it is also our heart. Well, I, I don't know where you are viewing this today. Maybe from the comfort of your living room. Maybe you're sitting around the, around the table this morning. I, I, I don't know where you're at this morning, but every one of you that are listening to me today and, and viewing this uh, today, I would like for you to do what I would ask you to do if you were in this 
auditorium on a Sunday morning. That is, I would ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes today. And I want to ask you the question that I would ask if you were present sitting in these chairs this morning. It's still a valid question. The question is, if you were to die today, are you 100% sure that you'd go to heaven? If you're not 100% sure, that makes you 100% unsure. And I would encourage you not to be unsure about the most important thing in all of life. And that is where you will spend eternity what will you will do about the salvation of your soul? John 3.16 says, God so loved the world that he gave his one and his only son that whoever would believe upon him would not perish but have everlasting life. We're talking about missions today. God sent the first missionary in his one and his only son, Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2 and 8 says, by grace are you saved through faith. So according to Ephesians 2 and 8, in order to be saved, there are two requirements that we must make. First of all, it requires God's grace. God's grace is what God did for us in John 3, 16. God's grace is God loving us enough that he sent his son. His son loved us enough that he came. Oh, God's grace is that, is that he placed his son Jesus on the cross. And through his son Jesus, he would bring salvation to us. That's God's grace. On the cross, God, God put my sin, your sin, the sin of all of the world upon his son. And then God poured out his wrath for our sin on his son, Jesus. That's God's grace and that's God's mercy. But it says, by grace are you saved through faith. So it takes God's grace, but it takes our faith in God's if you're listening to me today and you've never placed your faith in God's grace for your salvation, I want, you to, I want you to pray this prayer with me this morning. Make it your prayer. Now, there's no magic in the prayer. It's not the prayer that saves us, but prayer is the vehicle that we use in order to put our faith in God's grace. And that's what saves us. So pray this prayer. Make this your prayer this morning. Repeat this prayer after me. Pray, dear God, I'm not sure if I'm saved or not. I want to make sure of my salvation. And so today, I place my faith, I place my trust, I place my hope, my confidence for my salvation, not, not in myself and anything that I could do, but, but I place it in your grace what you did for me through your son, Jesus Christ, on the cross. If you prayed that prayer in all sincerity, I believe that the Lord heard you. I believe the Lord saved you. Your head is still bowed and your eyes still closed today. Maybe you're, you're listening to me today and, and, and you're full of anxiety. You're, you're full of anxiety. You're full of fear. Fear of, 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 of contracting the virus, perhaps. Or maybe, maybe you're fearful of, of losing your job, losing your, losing your income. You're fearful of, of, of the unknown. You just don't know. Because of the unknown and the uncertainty, there's, there's anxiety, there's fear in your heart. Oh, the Word of God says God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound. 
I want to pray for you today. Dear God, I just pray today. God, for anyone that is listening to me today, God, that is viewing this today, God, I just pray that you'll calm every care. Lord, your word says to cast all of our care upon you because you care for us. Lord, you said in your word, peace I leave you, peace I give to you, peace like the world does not understand, a peace that passes all understanding. And I pray that today, not only over my people, the Grace Place people, but everyone that is viewing today, I pray the the supernatural peace of Almighty God to be theirs today. Lord, you are our hope. And we read it earlier that when we go to you, when we go to you, we find our confidence. We find our hope. Thirdly, maybe you're listening to me today and you need to accept the challenge to continue supporting missions. Maybe you need to accept the challenge to be the church. Maybe you need to accept the challenge today to help someone in need. Father, I just pray today that you'll help us, Father, to keep doing what we have been doing. God, I tell my church every so often and quite often the greatest insurance for the future success of this house and of this ministry and of this church is to be outward focused. And Lord, it would be easy to become inward focused at a time like today. But I pray that we will not, we will not, we will continue to be a river, never become a reservoir. Believing, Lord, that we should continue to do what you have called us specifically to do. We just pray blessing upon each one listening today. We pray blessing blessing upon every uh, member of the family of the Grace Place I just bless you today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm, I love you and I'm praying for you.